0: Okay guys, real talk. Sweet Vibes has been with us from day one and we wouldn't be able to have this podcast or bring you these awesome guests if we didn't have amazing sponsors like them. So first, let me just say, go to www.sweetvibe.com dot toys and enter the code wild love to get your discount co- code on all of the amazing vibrators and sex toys. I mean, who doesn't love to have an orgasm? It can be a part of your self-care every single day. You know, wake up, have an orgasm, have a great day, have your coffee. My favorite product right now is the perfect match. I mean, it's flexible. It has 10 powerful settings. All of these are under $50. They come in really cool colors. So make sure you check them out and, you know, support this podcast, support our sponsors, and we'll keep bringing you great content. So as you guys know, we talk a lot about science on our show. um, And so I wanted to throw some statistics your way. Over 1 million sexually transmitted infections are acquired every day worldwide, and 51% don't get tested because they don't want to bring up sex or STDs with their doctor or healthcare provider. I get it. I've been there. I've had some awkward encounters with my gyno, but that's why I'm so excited to announce we have a new partnership with Let's Get Checked. This is a super easy health testing. Um, It's really accessible. They send you a test in the mail. They deliver it right to you, which is really nice, particularly during this time when we all have to stay in our homes. So they'll deliver it to you in discreet packaging, next day delivery. They'll collect your sample and you can return your sample with a prepaid shipping label. From there, they review your results in the laboratory. It's confidential. And then you get your results in two to five days. I mean, that's super simple, right? You, from there, you have a consultation with a nurse. And then, if you need a prescription for anything, they can actually prescribe you something and send it to your nearest pharmacy. I mean, this makes it the easiest way possible to know your status and to know how healthy you are and really to keep you and your partner safe. So, it's let's get checked. Um, and I'll spell that out for you because it's a little bit challenging. T R Y L G C, so try lgc.com slash wild love, and you guys get 20% off. So that's try com slash wild love to get 20% off.
1: Today, our listeners get to meet Stoya, who's an activist, a pornographer, a writer, a
0: performer. And she's so sweet. We got to sit down and talk about her upbringing, how she got into porn. Now she's doing like highly curated pornography. Yeah, she's going to help
1: you enjoy porn more. And she's also a sex advice columnist. It was so much fun.
0: Such a blast. Here we are. <laughs> oh <laughs> I'm no! so excited.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm going to try not to act like an idiot. It's not easy because guess who's here? <laughs> Stoya. Mm-hmm. You know how I feel about her. I know. You're freaking out over here. I'm freaking Fan out. girl. Because Jane, my researcher, said to me, why don't you go for the gusto in this round? And you love Stoya. Why don't you try to get her on the show? And I said, I don't think that's possible.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it is. And because she's here I know. in the studio. I'm
1: very excited. Stoya, thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for having me. You came in fabulous as fuck, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. Didn't she? The coat, the hat. She's like, hello,
2: I don't mess around in winter. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, I like to be warm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you weren't even kidding. I'm from Texas, and I came up here, and I was like, Wednesday, I need jackets. I need things to mm -hmm. cover my body. Yeah. So, What are those? We, you
1: know, (laughs) we're giving you some weird weather, but just take your— Cues from Stoya, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, all right. I just don't even know where to start because I have like stage fright. I've never had stage fright on this show, but Stoya is here. All right. This is why I love Stoya. I'm just gonna say it right to you while you're here. You are <laughs> an actress, a producer, a director, a change maker, a writer, a thinker.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So modern as fuck. Thank you for being here. Whitney, you. you have to start because I just don't know what to
0: say. I think just give people like a background. Tell us who you are. Who is what, Stoya? Yeah.
2: Okay. So um
1: A lot of people already know.
2: When I was when I was like 18, I had this roommate and we were we were really good friends and we would take pictures together. And one day he comes into the living room and I'm sitting on the couch in like panties and like a pair of fishnets pretending to be a shirt. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you don't mind being naked. And I'm like, no, I do not. Wait, where are you going with this? And he's like, um, these two websites that do like alt pinup, kind of like porn-ish sort of stuff, they've contacted me. They want me to shoot for them, but I have to find my own mm-hmm. models. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. This sounds really awesome, but like let's think it through. Because like yeah. sometimes, sometimes I'm really impulsive and then like – you know, thirty seconds later or six months later, you're like,
0: "Oh, why did I do that?" Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> whoopsie! <laughs> yeah. so oh, like I put that in the whoopsie jar.
2: Why was I in that <laughs> adult film?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm like,
2: just you know, this is like a pretty significant thing to do. Yeah. So how about we like take the pictures and then wait for a while? And he's like, "Oh, and if you freak out, then I can just delete them." And I'm like, "Yeah." So we, And what year was this? Um. Two. That's a good question. 2000. 2005. Okay. Uh, Okay. I was born in 1986. So 2004, 2005.
1: Okay. Um, you were young. It was it was great that you were at that age. You knew to like check your impulsivity. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I would have just been like, oh, hell
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Take them. Post them now. <laughs> I'm never going to run for Senate or anything.
2: So we got like so thorough about like, okay, so like we're having a makeup artist come in. So we'll take pictures that aren't nude. So she'll still have something to show for the day. And like we shot all these photo sets. And like a month goes by and I'm like, yeah, we should release him. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, okay, okay, fine. And then like another (laughs) two weeks go by and I'm like,
0: no, really, like show my boobs to the world. You got
2: there. You got yourself there. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So what, what was the point where you're like, you know what? I'm doing this. Show my boobies to the world. I'm ready for it. Put I, them out there. <laughs>
2: I think I just got, like, impatient enough that I was like, okay, just do it. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> you're constantly thinking about it. Like, yeah. what would this be like? I don't know. Let's just do it. Let's just put those nipples out there.
2: Yeah. And at the same time, like, MySpace was the social media thing. Mm. Oh, my so God. So you had That's all, the, right. all the popular people were suicide girls. And I was like, well, there doesn't seem to be much of a stigma in my world. And, like, how much do I care about the stigma in the rest of the world? Yeah. Mm. Um, So then I had to do the same thought process all over again with hardcore. Um, What's hardcore? Hardcore is like stuff going in stuff.
1: Okay. Okay. So tell us how you went from having these photos taken of you and being okay with it to then – being, Hardcore. Do and we say do we say adult film actress? What is the term I, that you like to use? I say
2: adult performer. Adult performer. Um, okay. I – The way that I work. Okay, we can dig into that in a minute. Sorry, my ADD brain. Is That's like, okay. You can five directions. I got you. Um, we got you. So I I was doing nude modeling in various contexts for like a couple of years. Okay, and. I I liked doing the fetish photography a lot of the times. I liked when there was someone who was getting like artistic with cameras, um, mm-hmm. and it was paying enough that that was just like what I did. You were making a living at it. Yeah, not like a great living, but mm-hmm. like for like a twenty-year-old kind of like mm-hmm. borderline punk rocker. Like this <laughs> is this is a. This is a- <laughs> good living yeah like, like my pants would fall apart I would just put a safety pin in them or like <laughs> right. stitch them up poorly um,
1: and maybe you had a lot of free time yeah right because you were doing this work as opposed to like I don't know waiting
2: tables or whatever yeah um so I was, I was able to like when I made it my job I was able to be really flexible with my schedule and yeah like, go out to California um and one of the websites was like, "Okay, we're getting into video. We want to do our first DVD. Will you mm-hmm. have sex with this woman?" And I was like, "Yeah, she looks cute." And I show <laughs> up, and I'm like, "But before, before I agree, I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm not doing anything more than having sex with this woman. And like, if you get, if you get five minutes, and then I'm like, I'm done with this. Then you can keep those five minutes, but like, that's it. Like, if mm-hmm. at any point I'm like, no, I'm done here." Then I'm I'm walking away, and that has to be okay, right? You can pull the ripcord, yeah. And they were like, "Yes, absolutely, whatever you want." Um, So I went out and I did the movie. I think we got 17 minutes, and then the director, who was also operating camera, threw his back out. Um, (laughs) Oh my goodness. So that was the end of that. He was just, like, trying to get, like, that perfect Gonzo angle and tweaked something. And was like,
1: <laughs> Wait, tell people who don't know what a Gonzo
2: angle is. We're just getting such good vocabulary so, words and history. Gonzo is, like, um, it's – there's, like, breaking the fourth wall is part of what makes it Gonzo. There's, like, a amateur kind of quality to it. Um, it's a lot of, like, brand new talent or, like mm. – um really vigorous, intense sex acts with um with no plot line. Um and it's it's become this kind of like catch all for not a feature. A feature being something that like requires acting and like has dialogue. Okay. Um, but when I first heard the term I thought of Hunter S. Thompson. Right. And I was seriously disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Which explains where Around the World in Ways came from. Because I wanted to shoot what, like, in yeah. this fantasy world where Hunter S. Thompson made porn, what would that be oh, like? Oh,
1: man. Mm. Okay. You did help create this. You schooled me earlier on how we don't really use the term alt porn and why. But just, we, you took us through a few things, like being photographed, getting into acting or performing. And now, like, you're talking about how the there are these different niches within porn. Can yeah. you talk about the different niches and why you liked the one that you liked and wanted porn so, directed by Hunter
2: S. Thompson? So in, um, in the mid 2000s, there really weren't heavily tattooed women, brunettes, um, people with small breasts getting the the coverage and the box covers of the DVDs and the magazine covers. Um like diversity of bodies has always existed to some degree in pornography, but during the Jenna Jameson era, it was like blondes with um my friend Chelsea G. Summers calls them pneumatic tits. Right. Um, they are tits. pneumatic. <laughs> they are pneumatic. Like it was them to the front. Right. Um, mm. So there was this alternative to it. Mm -hmm. And then time went by and we found out that Suicide Girls was actually controlled by a man. Tell
1: us, tell us for those of us who don't know what Suicide Girls was. Um,
2: So they were, they were kind of groundbreaking in a couple of ways. One, they showed a lot of different styles of women, heavily tattooed women, um, Quirky women looks that were more like street culture, kind of like goth, cyberpunk, um, those kind of styles. And they encouraged their models to express themselves through the photos. Mm. And um, also they had this like blogging and community component. So the personalities were there as well. Mm. Whereas like at the time, if you picked up Hustler, it would be like Susie how much profanity can I use? As you much can use as whatever you want. You want. Okay. So Susie Fuck My Butt is a junior at Northwest University. <laughs> Susie Fuck My Butt. And but. she loves <laughs> <laughs> my new it's name. Like, it's a made-up name. Yeah, right, it's exactly. Like the performer did not choose them. The autobiographical details are completely made <laughs> and up. And they're not real people. Right. So Suicide mm-hmm. Girls was groundbreaking in that they presented yeah. the women who were nude as real people. Right. Um, but Turns out it was controlled by a man. Even that got commodified. Yeah. Um, so people started Competitors, which are the sites that my roommate from years ago, um, it was God's Girls and Razor Dolls. Um, okay.
0: Is he still involved in that industry?
2: He, I don't think he shot a nude set in like 10 years.
0: So you guys basically, though, came into the industry together with that first set of nude photos that you took.
2: <laughs> Um, and look where you so. are. And he's
0: not even doing it
2: anymore. He's, oh, he's a dad. He's got okay. a wonderful wife. Got it. Aww. Yeah, he's got like a day yeah. job. I think he's like a radiologist or something. I got it. Um, okay. It's really sweet.
1: <laughs> but you really took to the world of porn.
2: I, well, I really, I really took to the alt porn and photography. And yeah. And then there were offers to shoot with people with penises. But I was like, okay, that's like, like, it's one thing to be like, look, I'm like, kind of an artistic type. I took a bunch of nude photos in my late teens. I had sex with a couple of women, like sewing my wild oats. Right. But once you touch a dick, you've like really done porn. Oh, wow. Now like porn porn. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this I have to like really think about, like, how is this going to affect my life? Like, do I want to go into politics do I want to teach <laughs> anything like, ever like how could this like come back to bite me because
1: the stigma is very real yeah yeah
2: um I I haven't I haven't seen an article about a woman losing her job because of nude photos in a couple of years but it may just be that we've stopped reporting on that
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah the Katie Hill thing happened but it was yeah okay
0: yeah yeah okay but so when did you decide? To touch a dick? When do was like That was you know 2007. What? Okay.
2: And I, I was like, okay, like the last concern is like, is this going to alienate me from my friends? And right. I was like, actually, if they can't hang with it, we probably shouldn't be friends anyway. Right. And
1: like
2: uh, yeah. dating down the line. But like, again, if they can't hang with it, like we're probably not going to get along. Yeah. Um, right. And so I accepted Digital Playground's offer of a contract and they put a huge press push behind me. And then I was best new starlet two thousand nine, and I had like a viable career path. And I was like, "Oh shit, I need to start taking this seriously." But wait,
1: weren't uh, you the first person to negotiate a contract for yourself with that company?
2: No, oh <laughs> no, just like no. Their their whole thing was contracts. Okay, oh, vivid, Maybe that's what. vivid, um, kind of. They took the old Hollywood contract system and applied it to porn. Okay. And then Wicked and Digital Playground jumped on that bandwagon. And it was – you got paid a lot less per year than a freelance performer. Okay. But you had their press push behind you and you had presumably a few years of that income. Okay. Um, I just want to
1: say one thing which is really interesting about everything you've told us. Some people might mistakenly believe that somebody falls into this kind of work. And your decisions were really deliberate and you um, were very self-preserving, right? Like you made a joke about being impulsive when you were younger, but like yeah. these were not impulsive
2: decisions. You're a woman pretty much in control of your career and your decisions. Uh, I did. I did sign a very Bad contract with digital that um, curtailed my freedom to do other things. Mm. So, like if if I were if I were still under contract with them, I don't know if I would be able to have the slate column. Oh right, mm-hmm. like they they had control of. They did of a like big a land grab of you, yeah. Um, so I, I lost my freedom for about five years. From um, and was that like from two thousand nine? Forward from 2007 to 2012, um, and then then in 2012, I think it was 2012. Um, sometime in the early 20 teens, a company that at the time was called Manwin bought Digital, and so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, "What just, just happened?" Like, okay, like these, I don't know about these people. Um, And I I worked for them for a few months, maybe a year. And then I was like, no, I want to go out on my own. I want to do stuff that I think is interesting. I want to explore what can be done with the medium of pornography. And like, like, yeah, sorry, I don't want to do another two day wonder, which is where you shoot like a whole feature in two days. That's called
1: to, a two-day wonder. The yeah. best vocabulary you, like, words today. Gonzo. Two-day wonder. Yeah.
2: And then you don't want to do another two-day wonder about everyone cheating on each other. Like, right. I want to make work that's about happy
0: people consensually having their desires met. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it seems like a lot of the projects that you've done post, I guess, having the contract with these other companies was highly curated to people's sexual desires.
2: Yeah. I did. Um, I did a movie with OVD. In France, where it was a, it was basically a set of movies with the same plot line and performers done in the male gaze and the female gaze. Ooh. Cool. So I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I will get a test and get on an airplane for that. Yeah. Um, but it, for me to work for someone else, it has to be really enticing at this point. Wait,
0: did you say, I'm going to get a test and get on an airplane? Yes. Um, like STD in, t- test? Okay, gotcha. In the
2: adult industry, yeah. Um, Europe has its own system. The U.S. has its own system. Mm. But you have to have a test in the United States that's less than 14 days old for chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, um, HIV, hepatitis A, B, and C. And I think there might be something else on there. Mm -hmm. Um, And you go through a system where they check your ID. Like they match the face to the face. And then the ID number goes in the paperwork. And then the reverse happens on set. So okay, that it's it's very tightly controlled, um, right. Wow. a lot of okay. people, a
1: lot of people don't know that no. either. Yeah. like part of the stigma. I always hate I'm just gonna say this for a minute. I always hate the whole thing of men saying like this is a heterosexual male thing about female porn performers or women who dance or whatever it is, like joke, joke like she must be diseased. okay, vaginal tissue is so much more sensitive and vulnerable than. Penis tissue – penis has skin. The vagina is more vulnerable. So, like, women are at much greater risk from men than men are from women. But also, like, here are some facts about the industry and people getting tested and caring about their
2: health. And, like, I don't escort, but I know people who do. If they – Catch something, they're out of work, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So they're really,
0: really careful about it.
2: Yeah. If they if they pass something on to another client, they're going to get a reputation, and they're going to be completely out of work, mm-hmm. right? So, like, let's
1: stop with these horrible stereotypes that sex yeah. workers are
0: diseased. So let's but, say, I mean, let, oh let's God, say I that I love that your you nails. Think. Sorry, they're That's chrome. So they're weird. old. I need to redo them. They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say like okay. you some um you get a test and it comes back positive for something. Is there a space for people who have some sort of STI or S T D to continue doing porn? Or no. So if it's chlamydia gonorrhea syphilis, you um you just take
2: your antibiotics right, as direct again or something. Yeah, you wait however long the doctor says to you retest, you're back to work. Mm-hmm. Um HIV in the heterosexual-oriented side of the industry, most companies require a completely negative test. Okay. Um, on the gay male-oriented side, there's a little bit more wiggle room. I'm not entirely sure how they handle mm-hmm. it. Much like the question of hepatitis in professional wrestling, it's something that, like, we really don't want to talk about. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very Sticky because you can't, as the director or producer, you can't have a transmission happening on your set. Right. But as an employer in the United States, you can't discriminate against people who have HIV. Mm -hmm. So it's this like Mm. Like I feel, like I see, yeah, all, all my hair standing up on end. I'm, like, okay. I'm talking about this in public, but it, it's, it's a, a really topic. complicated question.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I don't think people understand. People see the porn industry as a monolith, and one of the things that you're telling us and showing us is that it's not what we've
2: assumed it is, and it's much more complicated yeah. and nuanced. And people, people are going on prep. Not yes. everyone, but an increasing amount of porn performers are going on pre-exposure prophylaxis. So
1: this is of concern, especially to our listeners who are a lot of them are women, and mm-hmm. some of them um have relationships with bisexual men. and we're in our episode on stis, people want us to talk about prep, but it's obviously something that's going on in the porn industry. You yeah. guys are like basically
2: um, blazing a trail to educate the rest of us in a way sometimes. Yeah. Cause we're, um, we're in a position where we have to think about these things more than your average person on the street. Um, and we're because sex ed is kind of non-existent for youth. And then because it can be hard to find rational material about sex even today. Right, right. We end up kind of like picking up the slack as far as sex ed goes mm-hmm. because people are like they're using porn as a how-to guide yeah. and then they have questions when that goes poorly. Right. And then, yeah. <laughs> then right. It's, it's in our lab. Right.
1: <laughs> On that topic of people using porn as sex ed, which I want to get to, but I want to get to another point that you've kind of been making as we're talking. I don't think people think of porn as something with a history. Like, they mm. maybe they know about deep throat, and they're like, Ooh, you deep, like this. deep throat and then now. But like, <laughs> you're really, you're an intellectual. That's one of the other amazing things about having you on. Can you tell us a little bit about why the history of porn that people might not know, especially the history of porn that you know and love. Oh,
2: Educate us. I'd love to know. Um first, I just it's it's totally name-dropping, but I'm so full of glee. When I interviewed Annie Sprinkle, she called Ooh. me a porn scholar. Oh and I was like, that's my new identity. That is <laughs> great.
1: Wow. Proud to be that.
2: Um, so to kind of circle back to the whole alt thing. Yeah. at that same time that we had these softcore nude websites, Joanna Angel had a company oh, called yeah. Burning Angel yes. that was like tattooed women in yeah. charge doing stuff they wanted. Like it was so yeah. accidentally feminist or like inherently feminist mm-hmm. and it was it was alt porn. And right. now because of the work that she's done, because of Belladonna's career, she had like an alt soul basically. Yeah. Um Annie yeah, Annie Sprinkle. Um, there, we reached a moment where there was enough mass behind artistic, comedic, multi-layered pornography that mainstream companies have taken notice, and they've also taken notice of the diversity of bodies that are selling, because in a in a capitalist industry, what sells mm. is what happens, um, right. So I remember one year at AVN, which is, it's like the Oscars of porn. The Oscars of porn. Yes. I want to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going. You, should, you yes, really you should. I really, really want to go. Going.
2: I've
0: heard stories and it sounds really fun. Awesome. Yeah, we're going. So okay, great.
2: One year you're like looking at every female performer coming on stage to accept an award and like most of them are brunette. You've got small boobs. You've got big boobs. All of them are white. Almost. Um, yeah, almost all of them are white, which is a problem. But yeah. before we get to the problem. Let's keep going. A, a bunch of them are heavily tattooed. So it's, I don't want to give porn a gold star or a cookie for widening the range of who gets attention and accolades to different shades of white. Um, Right, right. But at the same time, it was a step, a
1: baby step, maybe. In the right right direction. A baby step
2: forward. And it's resulted in a world where there isn't really much distinction between mainstream and alt porn. Now Mm. the distinction is between mainstream and feminist and queer. Okay.
1: Okay. Can you tell our listeners who don't know, because you know so much about them, can you tell them who Annie Sprinkle is and talk about Candida Royale a little bit too, Um, in terms of the porn canon?
2: So Candida Royale, Annie Sprinkle, Veronica Vera, and a few other women (laughs) who were porn performers developed a sort of support group um called club 90 yeah. and they met they met in annie sprinkles living room and candida royale she wanted to make porn for women there were already female directors but they were directing for the male gaze mm. Um, like even if you go all the way back to like the Betty Page era with still photographs, mm-hmm. Bunny Yeager. Yeah. Like she was producing pornographic media. Um wait,
1: say her name again. Bunny Yeager. Hear that, guys, gals, everybody, people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Candida though wanted to make porn for women. And she thought there was a market there. Yeah. And so she directed a movie. And then she had trouble getting distribution. For her movies. So she founded Mm. Femme Distribution, and this was in the early 80s. And she, this whole time until she passed, was making and supporting other makers of feminist pornography. She, her founding her own production company and then distribution company is what forged the path for me to do what I'm doing with Zero Spaces. Without her example, I might not have thought that I had it in me to, like, do this. Um, And then Annie Sprinkle went a completely different route. She went to art school and got into performing arts. And she had a a biographical show, one-woman show, called Post-Porn Modernist, where she takes the audience through her life, going from the maiden persona, um, Ellen... I'm blanking on the last name, but going from Ellen to Annie, going on set with Annie, watching Annie transform other women from their regular personas to sex pot, um, showing the whole audience her cervix. Like she oh, just, okay.
1: Can I just say that was such a moment in New York when you could go watch Annie Sprinkle perform, right? And see her cervix. And she ha- would use a speculum, insert the speculum. Open this, you know speculum, and you could go and look at Annie's cervix. She invited you on stage, <laughs> talk about breaking the wall, right? Seriously, like this was yeah. sex ed. Like you just walk up sexy to the stage, and you can let, art, yeah, She'd give you a flashlight, art. and you yeah. could just look, and in. you could just look into Annie Sprinkle's. But that was a public service and like performance art Gosh. to yeah to end times,
0: right? Yeah. So, she was I mean, amazing. You can't do that anymore? We
2: could. It's my dream to perform it.
1: Oh my you god! Are, um, yeah, <laughs> yes. you, you should do her
2: one woman show again. <laughs> yeah. What are
1: you talking about? Yes, of
2: course. Or Madison, sh- Madison Young did a revival um, a couple of years ago with her own story using Annie's template, oh. and Annie's let it be known that it's her dream to have multiple sex workers. <gasps> this is also like this is you're getting a preview. Uh, I haven't announced this yet. Oh, oh this nice. is so exciting. We're here for over, it. Over Christmas Exclusive. break, I finished my rough of the script because you have to, like, <gasps> do, like, the self-searching and, like, fill in your own details. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm meeting. I'm meeting with the director who directed Madison's version in a couple of weeks. <gasps> Wait, so yeah. we yeah.
1: might get to see you performing a one-woman show based yes. on the historic Annie Sprinkle template.
2: Yes, and, and we saying, might
1: get to look at your <laughs> cervix, with, cervix with yeah. a flashlight. <gasps>
2: this cool. is something to look forward to. It is. It's still such an impactful, poignant, and like necessary piece. Um, More than ever. Yeah. So being being part of like boosting that message is like a huge honor. <laughs> a huge honor. And I feel like, you know, people talk about
1: porn is being used for sex ed. And it is because we're in whatever year now of abstinence only sex education. Okay. You know what? If people are looking at porn for sex ed, I feel like you're kind of saying, all right, let's flip this script around.
2: How, how can we serve them? I'm like, okay, let's let's talk about this. Like, mm. um, so I shot. We're doing a Los Angeles issue of Zero Spaces. Um, so I shot a scene with Mickey Mod, and we used a condom because Cal has made it really clear they want to see condoms. Okay, so I'm like, right, I'm in L.A doing this cal OSHA's way cal OSHA being
1: california occupational safety and hazard whatever sorry yeah, but something but, like but that But it's about employment employee safety yes okay
2: worker safety go
1: for it um, keep going
2: so i'm like all right we're gonna do it their way and mickey came up in the kink.com scene and the queer porn scene so he's like he knows exactly how to use a condom exactly right. Um so mm-hmm. he like takes it out of the package and he flips it over to make sure it's right side up and then he applies puts lube in the tip and then he yeah. applies it and throughout the scene you see him checking and so I'm like, okay. Sex ed people. That's yeah, like, like for real. I'm like, yeah. we're going to – because I at first I wanted to just like have like text on screen at every step. Right. And Steve Ronan, who's one of the partners in Zero Spaces, he was like, that's not very sexy though. Right. So we're going to do an educational edit.
0: Oh, cool. Oh, and then it'll have the wording as well.
2: Yeah. Okay. Like it'll be like, okay, here's the thing. Like stop and let's talk about why it's important and let's talk about how like if one side of the condom touches your dick, you can't just flip it over. Because that's I learned that unsanitary. from an escort. I, I have never I... thought about that. Yes, because actually.
1: everybody you does do it, it, it wrong. They no. do it. Yeah, if you're not well, an expert, you I... do it wrong. And then you flip it over. And it's like, no, wait, his penis was on And then you're flipping it over. And then there goes the point of the
2: condom. See? Exactly. I'm just wondering, like, well, like what? for the woman, the man's fine. Yeah. Like, it's not well, good for the yeah, woman. But who exactly. Who cares
0: about the woman, you guys? <laughs> who, cares? <laughs> who cares? Who cares about that exquisitely sensitive Hello? vaginal tissue? Yeah. But can we also, like, I wonder what the stats are and how many people actually know how to appropriately use a condom. Okay. So, like, after
2: they watch this, I bet a lot of people are going to – a lot more people are going to know. That's the hope. So, like, with Zero Spaces, I'm always trying to put education in. Um, Annie Annie Sprinkle, who's a huge inspiration to me, she went on to do – the ecosexual movement. Um, her and her partner married the earth seven times oh, yeah. in these beautiful ceremonies. And she writes about like How to have energy orgasms, how to be in your body. Like she's still doing all of this education about sexuality. Yeah, she's an activist educator,
1: right? Like you could call her a porn star, but you'd be missing huge so much you'd be missing so much. Speaking of missing so much, I want people to understand what porn space is how you started oh, it 0 space 0 space Sorry. Sorry. what did i call
2: it porn, porn space <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> which actually i just got a one check mind there's this yeah. company
2: called 0 space now that okay. does these like installations and we might have to change the name and porn space might be what we go
1: okay <laughs> well look for see? now
0: for sure.
1: for now it's called 0 spaces yeah can you tell people what it is you're doing why you started it what they can get out of it we checked
0: it out it's absolutely yeah, beautiful yeah we we awesome. checked it
1: Thank out we you. thought it was gorgeous
2: yay um and sexy so pornography we don't have like a working common definition of what porn is mm. so with an interest in finding out what the boundaries of it are it's like okay let's go back to basics pornography writing about prostitutes, which if you take it from ancient Greece into the modern day is media about sex work. Mm. Um, and I, I, already had the around the world in 80 ways series that felt like it fit with that mission. Um, and I wanted to have, I'll jump to the side for a minute. Um, during the middle of my career so far, um, I would get all these press opportunities where they're like, you're not the average porn star. And I'm like, okay, why? And they're like, well, you have small breasts. And I'm like, we're at AVN in a room full of porn performers. Let me point them out to you. Right. Like, I'm not the only one. Or like… Oh, you're the smart porn star. And I'm like, that is so factually inaccurate (laughs) and like not a compliment and also like denigrating to my community. Well, you're smart. It's just that you're not the only smart porn (laughs) star. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I'm a smart porn star. Let me introduce you to 12 of my friends. Right. Um, Mm
1: -hmm. And by the way, when you talk like this, you remind me so much of Annie. <laughs> like the feminist, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that yeah. was that was and has always been Annie's mission. She's been so pro woman, so pro feminist, so
2: pro sex work. Yeah. Keep going. So, I was like, all right, one thing I can do is like with this platform, I can have other women who do nude – like, they can write. I can invite them to write things. Yeah. So the first issue, we had a video in a gallery of Sydney Devereaux. And then the second issue, she wrote the main piece on being a burlesque performer with synesthesia and how that affects her creative process. <laughs> and, like, like, you know, like, all these beautiful women have deep thoughts. Um. So – Another another thing that Zero Spaces does is we have we started with a feature called Icon. Annie was the first Icon, um, but it's a series of little mini biographies about women who've moved on from sex work. Mm. Um, and then then with the most recent issue, Explore, I had this idea. Um, I'd interviewed I'd interviewed Kembra Fowler, who's this amazing performance artist. Um, and she was around in the New York scene at the same time that Annie was. Annie came up and Kemba was like, you have to get in touch with her. I don't care. You're here to interview me. Ask to interview her. She just went into like professor mode. Right. And, like, <laughs> it told you what to do. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do exactly what you yeah. say because you seem really insistent. And it like, <laughs> okay. feels important. So I was like, okay, interview Annie about what higher education. That's interesting to me. I bet interesting to other people. And yeah. she was, if I have my facts right, she was the first porn performer to have a PhD. I think that's true. I think so. Um, I've heard the same thing. Yeah. So I I asked if I could interview her um, and she said yes. And the reception to the piece has been good. So I want to make it a whole series. Like I want to talk to Veronica Vera about faith. Yes. Um, Buck Angel or Nina Hartley about. Oh, Nina. About Hartley. health.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. right. You want to show, it sounds like part of it is showing these women as who we've watched fuck naked, showing all their many dimensions and talents is one of the things that I thought was so cool about zero spaces.
0: Right. It's not like, it doesn't seem like it's just, okay, you're a porn star, porn performer, and that's all you do. Like you have so many other things to life, right? Yeah. And you're kind of highlighting that too.
2: And it partially – it seems like a good business move. Um, People are really curious about following porn performers Mm -hmm. on social media. They're interested in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, So it also like it feels economically viable. What about – if we
0: can talk a little bit about um, dating and porn. (gasps) Yeah, we can. <laughs> can we? Yes, I love that response. I knew it was going to be good. <laughs>
2: Smiles of limp dicks.
1: <laughs> guys, just so scared of you. They get
2: so intimidated. They're so intimidated. Oh my so God. intimidated.
0: I bet. So, do you kind of have to like? I don't know. Just walk me through. Walk me through. Yeah, some tell us. stories here. So, um, you're single? I, no,
2: I have. I have a. I have a sort of boyfriend and a sort of girlfriend. Okay. And that's all I like, can time management at this stage. Okay. It's, um, I yeah, mean, yeah, that already sure. sounds like a lot. It's it is. I Zero spaces, uh, sort of
1: boyfriend, sort of a girlfriend.
2: That's yeah. a lot. Um, so I think I think it was the year I was 29. I was keeping a pretty intense blog and I wrote two pieces. Two trying to make the point of nobody cares about your hard penis as much as you do.
0: I just recently saw something about that. And I don't know maybe if it came from you (laughs) because I just saw a meme that said that. And I was like, "Ah, that is so
2: fucking true. I feel like the whole world. um, So I kind of I kind of believe that like the muse comes down and like guides you. So I'm not like original ideas are like very few and far between. I feel like the universe was just like trying to say that loud enough for people to hear it. Right. Um, I hope, I hope that meme came from – I hope there are like 40 of us shouting, your limp dick is fine. That's it's what you have fine. hands for.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got hands, you got a
2: mouth, you got all kinds
0: you know of things,
2: that's, you know? Dildos. Like if you really need to mm-hmm. have that kind of protrusion, there's so many options. Um, Men need to chill out about having a hard-on the whole
1: time and that everything's about yeah. intercourse and that
2: – I mean – And then with the porn thing, like they think – they think what they see in the final product is how porn happens. They think that they they don't think that um, when you're there to perform, you're doing a job. You're more intellectually engaged because you're mm. you're like, where is the camera? Is my hair in my face? Can I flip it away naturally, or am I going to have to move it with my hand? Oh oh, the guy noticed and is pulling it out of my face for me. Great. Like so is it
0: enjoyable it at all? Be. Or is it because you're so focused on where the camera is, the lighting, how's it going with him? It, does everything look good? You or? get
2: um you get to a point. So when I first started performing, it was always enjoyable because the exhibitionism was so novel and like the like no strings attached, mm-hmm. sex with people who are talented at it. Um and that got me through the like super in my head period until I got used to the cameras. Yeah. Mm. And now it's second nature. Like it's kind of like um, I, I took a lot of ballet when I was a kid and you drill things until your body just does them. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like step step jete on that porn set. Basically. <laughs> now I'm like step step jete. Like I know where the camera is. I can feel right, it. Right. Right. Which then transferred into acting really well. So right. Like, like, camera awareness. So
1: you're saying that there's just a lot of thinking. I mean could people try to understand this about acting in porn as well? Like it's an intellectual you're saying you're thinking a lot while you're doing it.
2: You're you have you have like two parts of your brain engaged at the same time. Um mm-hmm. there's the part that's like in the moment, physically reacting, interacting. Right. Maybe that part has an orgasm. And then you have the like intellectual part that's like paying attention to things, right. um aware. Like, um, and it, it's similar to like, if anyone's topped in BDSM,
1: Mm -hmm. it's a performance in a
2: way. Yeah. You're there and you're experiencing, but also like topping in a BDSM sense, you're the responsible one to a certain degree. You have Uh. to, you have to make sure that you aren't hurting the person. You have to Mm -hmm. keep track of like, are their hands turning blue? Right. Um, Yeah. Are these knots too tight?
0: Yeah, am I gonna go too far? Right. So, just a little bit more on the dating. Like, if you're dating somebody, do they ever get jealous? You have to deal with jealousy when you go into work. I
2: don't deal with that anymore. Um, But I I used to have. Yeah, people would get um, people would get really weird about work, and sometimes it would be this like, like. Sort of like undermining my autonomy, kind of like, you know, like, mm. are you gonna be okay? And I'm like, of course I'm gonna be okay. It's my job. Right. <laughs> like it's my job. Listen. <laughs> I'm good at it. Yeah. Okay. Like, I've been doing this job a lot longer right, than right. you. Right, <laughs> like, right. It made it this long. Um, and sometimes it would be jealousy. The the people who would get jealous, it would become systemic really quickly. Like then they'd be like, Oh, you were flirting with that guy on that podcast. And I'm like, it was nice, oh, like, mm-hmm. and then right. it turns into like you're fucking your lawyer, and I'm like, I went to my lawyer's office to talk about a contract, right? And you, you jumped straight to like you didn't text back for an hour, you were fucking him, like on his absurd. desk, yeah. clearly.
0: Yeah. Like
2: maybe like, I yeah. know
0: his wife, right. um, maybe she was a part of it too. Oh, you know, that's, if I'd said that, that's where it would have <laughs> right, gone, right? Exactly. Yeah.
2: Um. So I learned. I learned that basically at the first sign of jealousy with my job, it was time to move on for both of our sakes.
0: Because they'd be right.
1: controlling about other things and in other ways. Yeah. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. I yeah. would also imagine having some having sex with someone who's like professional at sex is, like you said, intimidating. So mm-hmm. there's a line of of limp dicks just all around the corner. There it is. <laughs> Poof. Limp dick. So I, do you ever feel like maybe – they feel like they have to fuck you like a porn star. Yep, oh, and then yeah. they're trying to put it on. Okay, like, yeah. like, and then they're all in their
2: heads. Yes, like, trying to live up to something that isn't even the reality. No and it's so sad. By and the like, yeah, honey, just take a deep breath. Right. What
1: yeah. do you, What do you want to say if you want to say anything at all to all the men out there who think that they're supposed to fuck like porn stars? Like, can
2: um, you please
1: <laughs> set them free?
2: Yeah, think about how dick free. Think about how <laughs> porn stars fuck recreationally, which is from like talking to coworkers and colleagues a lot more intimacy and connection driven than what we do for our jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really it's not about how hard your dick is, it's not about how big your dick is. It's a little about how you use your dick, but it's about being there person to person.
0: Yeah. The connection. Yeah. Yeah. Same with, like, anything. Like, I feel like, I, I mean, I've never done porn and that's what I want.
1: Yeah. You know? Do you ever have sex professionally
2: that feels really connected and yes. hot? Yeah. Um, that's why I work with Mickey Maud so often. <gasps> okay, got it. Because we just have, like, a vibe. You guys it's have really a vibe. Yeah.
1: I feel like people can probably tell who are <laughs> yeah. watching. Can we? I don't know. I mean, and then could you, would y'all
2: hang out afterwards? Um Like, can sometimes. you ever date your coworkers? I... I have this, like, worry that if I developed a sexual relationship with Mickey, it might damage the the heat on camera. Right. Like. I see that. Like, it might become routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but after every scene, we go and we get lunch together um, and, like. I have to look this person up. talk. I'm oh, you, you know. won't so be
1: sorry. One's... When you see them having sex, like, you won't be song? sorry. I'm looking up right now. <laughs>
0: I, in fact, I'm going to go watch those porn <laughs> instead. That's we, better. We, we have an activity. Movie night. We were wondering what we would do later. Now Where we know. Vagina, <laughs> amazing. Um, <laughs> um, massage, vagina massage. We for had a, floor, we had, and we're going to we watch your a, porn. So. awesome. We had a awesome. Awesome. floor <laughs> yeah.
1: specialist on before you. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> so okay, I want to talk a little bit. I love this idea of um, like demystifying the sex that people are yes, having. I like that too. But I also love like this idea about connection and hot passionate sex like encouraging people to look for that and that there might be those moments between porn performers mm-hmm. that's kind of like a really cool thing okay now when I watch
2: porn because
1: I feel like when I'm watching porn I feel like I can tell when those pe- actors are really connecting
2: yes yeah this is this is why I identify as a porn performer yes not an actress right. Because at the beginning, I hadn't done enough acting to understand that that's just about being present and reacting. Mm. Um, So I approached it as like, like, I have to be into the people I'm being booked with. I Mm. have to set myself up to enjoy the interaction and deliver real orgasms and like
0: real, real heat um, real desire. You're looking to do that. Yeah. Because would you say a lot of the time in porn, the orgasms aren't real?
2: I have no idea. okay. It always felt like a bit like not done to ask. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I don't feel, know why. Yeah. Hmm.
1: I feel like I hate this new conversation that's going on in the sex positive space where people are scolding women not to fake orgasms. And I'm like, you know what? Like- Don't scold them if they're faking. Don't scold them if they're not. Just, like, don't scold about orgasms. But I always was curious in porn, like, how awesome if some of those women sometimes are having real orgasms.
2: Like, God bless. I get um, people who think, because I, like, sometimes I, like, giggle. (laughs) And, like, (laughs) I feel, like, weird. I get real loud. Um, (laughs) And people will question whether that's authentic. And then, um, then you get people who are like, oh, porn's so fake. Like they're always like, uh huh, uh-huh, yeah, right there. Ooh, yeah, fuck me, just like that. And I'm like, that's fucking active consent. Thank you. Oh, like, right. Oh, Think about okay, it that right. way. Like, I'm like, Making a lot of noise, giving positive reinforcement to keep them doing that probably kind of physically exerting thing. Yeah. I'm saying, yes, I want this. Yes, you're doing good. Right there. I'm also, like, if they need more guidance, I can do a, oh, a little to the left. Or, like, nope, don't do that. Yeah. But, like, I prefer to work with positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. And that's not fake.
1: That's not fake. That's 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 communication. That's that's communication. (gasps) That's
2: enlightening.
1: That is right? very enlightening. Okay. This is one of the reasons that I think that it's so great that Stoya is a sex columnist for Slate. It's what was, like, what was your we name? Were name?
0: Talking sex, uh, porn, uh, porn scholar. Porn scholar. Here she and is. so we talked about
1: yeah, our We talked about porn <laughs> and dating and relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, how much sense does it make to have an adult performer? give you sex and relationship advice
2: a lot. The relationship advice, I get so nervous because I'm like, I mostly did casual hookups my whole 20. Like I would like hook up with someone regularly, end up dating them and then be like, I can't do this. Right. I thought it was aromantic. Um, So I'm like... When I have the relationship questions, I'm always like, hey, Cindy Darnell. Yeah, Cindy uh, can help you. Shana Katari. Uh, <laughs> just like, who can weigh in here? But you're
1: doing a great job because people love your sex column in Slate. They love it. It's huge. It's and, doing really well. Um, <laughs> I So tell us, like, how you got started doing it. Do you love doing that? And
0: um, What are some of the questions that you get? Oh, gosh. What are some, like, the top most most asked questions.
2: Um, it's we end up we end up with like sort of like trilogies sometimes where it's like one person is like I'm having trouble being present and orgasming. So I'm like okay, like breathe into your body. And then the next one's like how exactly do I breathe into my cunt? And I'm like okay, here's how you do that. And then the next one is like I just want to write in to say that Stoya's advice to someone else about like basically grounding and centering mm-hmm. helped me solve a sex problem. Here's a not related question. Okay. Um, gotcha. So we get these like like themes almost. Um, I'm, I'm almost done with my column for this week. I had to do three in a row because we're trying to get ahead. And there was a theme about um, pubic hair. Like one person is like my waxer keeps taking too much. What do I do? And I'm like eyeliner
0: um eyeliner eyeliner yeah. just drawn what on with mean? eyeliner wow I've so never heard like, of that before draw the boundary I got lasered and I was oh you draw the eyeliner on prior to go getting waxed and or then lasered. you show yeah. her this is how I want you to do it yeah am I the, the only smart. person still
1: getting my pussy waxed because when yeah, I go they say to me like you're <laughs> like we almost never do this anymore and everybody's getting <laughs> laser yeah get laser girl stop doing that to yourself yeah. ouch
2: yeah, yeah, you it might sounds be a so good painful. It sounds so painful. You're getting waxed. Really, How many times you really waxed. It's not that it really hurts. Um, right above the pubic bone, right, and that's and about like, it. On the shins, oh, right on top of the. I
1: shins. can't do the shins ever in my life. ever. Okay. Well, so
0: literally nobody hair, gets waxed. No one gets waxed anymore. We no, we're not doing that anymore. Okay, okay it's over. I you don't gotta know. Break I kind of like it. No, it's <laughs> done. I kind of like getting waxed. Maybe you're gonna like getting lasered now. Okay,
1: I'll give it. Maybe I'll give it a try. (laughs) Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just have a full on bush. Yeah,
2: you could do that. Bush is back. Bush is back. It is. It is. Yeah. So so tell us the the theme, the rest of the theme. The other pubic hair themed question this week was a person who hooked up with someone who'd shaved their pubes and they didn't like that. Okay. And they're a woman and they're like, I feel like it's inappropriate to tell men what to do with their body. And I, I haven't answered that one yet. Oh, wow. Wait, right. wait, wait. wait. Mm. So the
0: man shaved his pubes and the woman didn't like it. And she yeah. wants
1: to say, I really don't care for that. Would you consider not doing that? Oh but God. she doesn't know so, if it's like, okay. We she she you know know you shouldn't it's okay. do that. Just right. let him
0: grow out. Come on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just, I'm like, you're You're asking a man to be lazy. Like, like I don't think a man,
1: a I think a lot of men would not hesitate to say like, ooh, I don't like that.
0: I mean, I don't, yeah, need, no, I don't no. want right? to be. Yeah.
1: They wouldn't hesitate to say yeah. that.
0: I don't think, I don't want to like men. be giving head or something and like the, the pubes are getting stuck in my nose or something. Like, I think you need to manscape some of mm-hmm. it, but I don't think you should shave the whole thing off. Like I've said multiple times, just like, wow, you, you really went for it really shave it all off, didn't you?
2: <laughs> I like to shave. <laughs> that's a nice way to say it. Yeah. I like to shave, like, the undercarriage. And I'm like, only one of us can shave. Like, I can't have freshly shaved skin with your stubble on it. True. It's going to be like a Ouch. razor burn nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. So I have to, like, coordinate. Like, I'm like, are you sha-? shaving? schedule. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're shaving your pubes this month. So I won't for a couple of weeks. <laughs> You have to coordinate. And then what about you you and your
1: girlfriend, if I can ask a personal question? Are you and your girlfriend on the same page about it?
2: Um, We actually haven't talked about that. It doesn't come up. No, shaving? No. Interesting. Like, pussy-to-pussy scissoring isn't really as fun as you
0: want it to be. I know everyone Mm. makes it sound like it's going to be absolutely incredible. Or, like, it's, like, the only thing that women do or something. Oh, you guys, you're going to scissor, right? (laughs) like, like, (laughs) puss-to-thigh and
2: puss-to-thigh – that can be great. That sounds awesome. But like, I've never tried that. Just, like, you can't— Right. You can't really— get, Vulva to vulva. Yeah. Cl- yeah. And it's kind of physically demanding. Um,
1: so you guys don't care about how your landscape—you and your girlfriend.
2: That It's not uh, as big a discussion. No. And I think also because we're both women, I think that— Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: An angel just passed over pubic hair. Angel, we're all just in here. thinking. We're really
2: deep in. Okay, just clouds, bush drifting (laughs) by. Um,
1: I feel like we really, yeah. I feel like we really asked an expert about all the most important things from (laughs) consent to pubic hair. Yeah, like we kind of covered it. I just want to, end, if we could, by saying your favorite. um, Sex column ever, your favorite answer ever? We talked about it a little bit before, but if I could just say (laughs) that your response, you so Stoya got a, a letter to Stoya, an email to Stoya for her sex column. And the question was, how can I convince my wife? Um, that she actually really likes anal sex. She had it with me one time a long time ago and I could tell she liked it. But now she refuses. She says she doesn't want to do it. She says she doesn't like it. She says it's dirty. And I don't want her to feel shame like that. How can I um, persuade her to get back into anal sex with me again? Because I know she really likes it. Okay. And Stoya's? answer was so
2: epic.
0: Go fuck yourself? No, I'm just kidding. i it, like, <laughs> it was like, I'm not going to help
2: you coerce your wife into something she doesn't want. Like, yeah. She's like made it really clear she doesn't want this. It, even if it's because of shame, that's not that's not ours to like push on. Um, and I hope I hope he backed off. I hope he did, too, and I loved how tart that answer was. Yeah, I, get questions. I got, I got kind of, like, roughly it happens sometimes. I try I try to take everyone's letter at face value, but, like, every once in a while I'm like, okay, penthouse forum. Or, like, yeah. like, I'm not going to condone cheating or coercion. And, like, or, sometimes oh. you just have to be blunt about it.
1: But I think but by saying that this guy was being coercive in his marriage, you were doing what you have done for a lot of your career. You've— provided these surprising insights that change the way people think, whether it's with zero spaces or your sex column. Mm -hmm. How can people find you and your amazing interventions? And
2: So I have a Twitter and an Instagram. Both are at Stoya. We do a lot of promo stuff there. Like I'm doing this, I'm doing that. The
1: Instagram is so beautiful, by the way, yes, everybody. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and the Twitter is so clever it hurts.
2: <laughs> I'm going to tell Audrey that she's doing a great job. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there's the there's the how to do it column at Slate, um, and, and this is where people can send in questions. And yeah, people can send great. in questions, and it's so there's good. like A Google form, so they don't even have to give their email. Okay. Um, cool. And I have a I have a book. Called Philosophy Pussy Cats and Porn.
1: Best title ever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We almost got kicked out of Amazon over it, though. Pussycat. What was it?
1: Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, stop it, because that's a great title. And you know nothing of literature.
2: Philosophy, Pussycats, and Porn. And because it had porn in it, they were like, oh, oh we, don't, my know we got... well, don't know if we can list you. Well,
1: gosh, that's their best. That's Amazon's best selling category is porn. And they just don't want you to know that. So, yeah. Jeff, knock it off.
2: Yeah, Jeff, be cool. Be cool, Jeff. We can build a bridge. And zero spaces. People have to check out. Yeah. We're moving, we're moving to a monthly subscription model in the second quarter of next year, this year. It's 2020 now. Here we are. <laughs> we're doing that soon. Oh boy! Um, and we're going to get to see your one woman show. Yes. yes. And there's the. Is there a timeline a for show. that, or do we just have to wait? We're gonna we're gonna talk about time uh, timeline at the end of the month when I meet with the director. So, okay. But probably
0: 2020. It sounds probably like probably 2020.
2: Oh yeah. my god! Yes.
0: Can't
1: wait for what you cannot. bring on in the coming <laughs> months. And thank you for thank being you here so. with yeah. us.
0: Thank you for all the work that you do. You're amazing, you. guys. Guys, we're in love with story. <laughs> And we sure you we're sure you are, too. Yes, Thanks, Doya. Thank Thank you. You. Super exciting news, you guys. I am hosting an all women's retreat in Nosara, Costa Rica in May. I want you to go visit Revamp Retreats to get more information on that. But it's going to be absolutely amazing. It's in one of my favorite places in the world, Nosara, Costa Rica. And I'm hosting it with one of my best, best, best friends, Caitlin Howe. It's all about bringing a really cool group of girls together and women together to bond and share an amazing experience to grow and transform. And you know what? Have some fun while we're doing it. So check out Revamp Retreats and find out more information. Hope to see you there.
1: Hey, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, it would
0: help us a lot if you would leave a review. Yeah, leave a review, subscribe. We want to know how you guys felt about the episode. It really helps us out a lot to continue the success of the podcast and keep spreading our message.